Well spunked. Have you not been hearing me? Oh man, the goon! Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Sorry the neurons aren't firing today. Yes, it is. Exactly. Cleanses the palate with zombies. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Did I just have a stroke? That's a valuable misprint, sir. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. So the, the trade paperback comes with the first six issues. And B. As a non-Marvel canon knower anything about her, when did Cloak and Dagger arise? Joel Simon. But they had Luke Cage in there. It's like, oh, it's a black superhero. I'm playing with him because, you know, there's, what, three in the whole Marvel universe. He comes out and he has a belt. And when he hits people, he takes off his belt and whips people with it. Like a pimp. And Andy Padel. Wait, people died in the Vietnam War? My history books lied to me. Hey, look. There we go. Now it's finally recording. The lights are blinking. Hey, at least I noticed it this time way early. Yes, you did. (laughs) Jesus. Welcome, everybody, to episode 19 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke Matthews, and I am only one quarter of the Trade Secrets crew. The rest of the three quarters consists of Andrew Padel. I'm 75%. And Bean. I'm the 50%? And Joel Simon. I am the 1%. This week, we are swinging the pendulum completely in the opposite direction from Holy Terror, and we are doing something awesome. Uh, We are doing the first... Ultimate Collection trade of Invincible, which consists of the first 12 issues of the comic or the first two uh, paperback trades. And the one-shot. Oh, and the, and yeah. Wait, and there's the, a one-shot in there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this book uh, came out in... God, it's... 2003? It's it's, 2003, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Uh, image comic book by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and eventually Ryan Otley and Bill Crabtree. Um but as we always do on the show, let's uh, step forward and figure out what the hell everybody's reading. So, Andy, why don't you start? Oh, God. I'm still reeling from Holy Terror. Um, I started rereading a couple of old uh, X-Men books because I really happened to enjoy the early 90s X-Men when they started the second official X-Men book, which had the whole Return of Magneto storyline which was original and sort of fresh at that point. It had only been done once or twice, as opposed to, I think, the <laughs> seventh or eighth time that it's on right now. Um, other than that, just miscellaneous, weird, esoteric crap. And what have you been reading? Speaking, you know. <laughs> speaking of miscellaneous, esoteric crap, I've mostly been reading um, web comics. And uh, I did finish Level Up, which is fantastic. And I highly recommend that all of y'all read it. You would like it. I'll happily lend it to you. Uh, it's a book by First Second Publishing. Um, it's by Jean Luen Young and Ten Fam. It's about this uh, kid whose life was video games up until a certain point, but he has these very super controlling uh, father who is obsessed with him, who dies and has also had been obsessed with him, like going to medical school and being a gastroenterologist. So hmm. he he gains these like supernatural sprites that are obsessed with him going to medical school. Medical school. Metal school? Metal school. <laughs> the school of rock as yeah. the kids call it nowadays. Oh, school! 
Anyway, it's a good book, and you should read it. Um, Every otherwise, time you've mentioned Level Up for some reason. I keep my brain keeps wrapping around this book called uh, Ready Player One, oh, which is I like think... a, a novel. Like, yeah, yeah, and I know they're different, different things, but they always just mess me up when when I hear about them. So I, I will show it to you, and then you will be hooked by the endearing watercolors, and you will like it. Um, okay, this from the person who recommended Green River Killer. I didn't recommend it. I thought and it looked interesting, Echo? and I hadn't read it. I also hadn't read Echo. I, I have read this. It doesn't I'm make it's not. That's it's noticing good. a trend. Okay, okay. By recommend, we don't mean that you recommended people read it. You just recommended that we read it. Okay. <laughs> we can read Level Up on the podcast. However, I just think you should read it because you would like it. Okay. Or maybe you don't have the same taste I have, and that's fine. But hey, Joel, what you been you reading? Like it. Hey, I have other things I read, <laughs> but that's okay. If we don't want to talk about them, we can move no, on. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm not ready. I I actually read I read things that I've had lying around that I bought and then hadn't read, like uh, Skin Horse. I actually read that. It's like um, I know it sounds like porn. Uh, it's actually the uh, it's about the part of the government. And and I've exploded, Andy, because I don't know what he's thinking about. But anyway, I um, have a good idea what he's thinking about. Yeah, it's about the part of the government that deals with uh, horsecock, horsecock, <laughs> and by that I mean <laughs> um, anthropomorphic things that are alive and sentient, and that no one should know about, like. Any horsecock, horse yeah. like horsecock, yeah, thank you. Um, sentient horsecock, sentient horsecock, It's actually it's by. Um, or is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it's a it's it's a funny book. It's very like daily web comic strip style, um, but it it has more of an ongoing plot than Urbanic, which is the other title by the same author. Uh, horses a cock, of course, of course. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, it's it's got a talking dog and 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 a and a bloodthirsty zombie who is employed by the government, and you gotta you gotta. It's very endearing. Um, I felt like I read like funny animal comics and that's all I read. I also started reading A Girl in Her Fed, which is a web, web comic. Fed is in Federal Agent. Um, it's a, it's about a, a girl that has a some type of federal agent that follows her. And then eventually, and it also has the ghost of uh, Benjamin Franklin and a very angry uh, koala. <laughs> ghost of Benjamin Franklin has already been done by Scud the Disposable Assassin. When it had Angry Cenobite Benjamin Franklin, I mean, I can respect Angry Cenobite Benjamin Franklin, but they're uh, the I can't say words. Oh, but yeah. they're actually <laughs> Voodoo, Voodoo Ben. Okay, there is a compelling reason why it needs to be Benjamin Franklin um, in the story, and apparently later on there's Ghost of George Washington as well, and it seems relevant. So I don't know. It's Lobo and Wolverine all over again. Hey Joel, what <laughs> you Joel. been reading? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm still trying to figure out if Anne actually read these or if this is just not a fever dream that she usually has every night. It's <laughs> the internet. Uh huh. It's a fever dream. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> one time I watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with a hundred and something degree fever. It was a bad plan. Oh God, that's yes. a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what I have been reading is uh, more of Eden. I, I guess kind of, Andy, I've been scarred by Holy Terror, and so I had to go to something good. And, um, and you picked Eden? Eden's great. It, no, I know. It, it, it really is. I mean, it's it's touching all the the pleasure sensors of my brain. It's got nudity, murder. Uh, yeah, evisceration. Robots. What robots, more can you ask Post-apocalyptic. For? 
Yeah, it's, it touches you. That's good enough for me. Yeah, it well, it's not Sandusky like. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, so um, thank you very much. Uh, so too too soon. It's, no, not too soon. No, not not soon enough. Um, <laughs> about twenty years ago, it'd have been too soon. Yeah. Oh God, yes. No, and so the the funny thing about it, it is gone completely away from the post apocalyptic, and it's more about the life in the city right now. And the main character has been put into the slums, and his dad still hasn't shown. But it's it's pretty much gone into and switched gears. Which I was okay. I'm willing to follow along with this because it's a quick read. Uh, but he's chasing down um, some slum South American slum uh, drug dealers, okay. and it's it's all about how how he catches these drug dealers. Was I not supposed to do that? Anyways, um, <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I was expecting they have this this big build up and this big battle with between these two national factions, these nomads and the. Um, the notions, which Andy, I think the notions are pretty much American, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, okay. I, I figured that after a while, um, and then it just switched to like slum politics, which is kind of interesting. And so it, it goes through the two books, and it kind of explains that this guy who's a sadistic bastard, the reason why he's a sadistic bastard, and he's not exactly really evil. He's just trying to get his family out of the slums. He's just misled. I, I don't know if he's misled. You know, he's doing what it takes to survive. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. He used to be such a nice boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he started slinging drugs. Hey, Luke. <clears throat> what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading Orchid. I'm reading... Wait. Orchid, nice. the, the Tom, Tom Morello, Morello okay. book. Reading Orchid, reading uh, The Strange Talent of Luther Strode, which is spectacular. So good. I'm. It's surprisingly good. Um, and I read... Um, I'm going back to Ex Machina after I, I'm in the second trade right now. I, I like paused in the second trade to read other shit that I picked up and, and then that in that time Ex Machina is shit, which I will completely agree with. Oh God. It's not, it's great. I know you have, conclusion. I know you have a problem with the ending. It's the same thing that the same thing with fucking why, yeah. You know, why the last man had a shitty ending to... Why no last ending? <laughs> why are you way, mad? By the way, Anne, have you finished with my why books? No. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a thing and it happened. And <laughs> it was grad school. But now I'm done and I should be not only playing video games, but also reading books. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm reading Ex Machina, but mo- mostly um, I'm catching up on my monthlies. So I've, I read like a bunch of Sixth Gun. I read... Uh, uh, the Punisher, Ruck, Ruck, Greg Rucka's Punisher, I, you know, a bunch of shit that I. What do you think of uh, the whole? I'm not caught up on it yet, so wait. I don't how know. far in are you? I'm only on issue three. Okay, so Vulture. Uh, it's an interesting interpretation. I like that interpretation because I think it's because Vulture's always been a stupid fucking character anyway. So the way that Rucka interpreted him in the book, I, I, I'm okay with it. Has there been like any resolution to that yet? Because uh, he's he's only there for a very brief time. Well, I he only shows up in issue three. Like that's okay, the first issue he shows up in, and I don't, I haven't, I couldn't remember if he showed up in issue two or issue three. I think it's issue three. Okay, it's I don't think it. Well, maybe it was issue two. I don't know. That's that's actually one of the older ones that I have like. I've read a bunch of stuff since then, so I'm very fuzzy on <laughs> where I am. Um, but yeah, as you know, as I'm gonna bring up, uh, I'm still writing a lot, so. I haven't had a chance to do 
anything. That's right. Do nothing yeah. and write. That's For my our listeners at home who only listen to one of the many choices that Geek Horrific <laughs> has in podcasts, Luke has brought this up every single week, and I have to hear about because Nano Rimo. Yes. Nano Marmo. Nana It's because you're you're damn right, and I'm going to bring it up every week for the next week because there's only one week left of it. That's right, um, and it's 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 rough. It's I at mean, least one thousand six hundred sixty-seven words a day. A day. That was one thousand three hundred thirty-seven words. Nope. Nope. One six six seven. We're not going to talk about the one one three three seven, you fucker. Uh, so how you many know, words do you have to? You lose if you are one three three seven. You have to. In this game. You have thirty days to do fifty thousand words. Um, somebody that I just talked to, and I don't know, like, uh, clear, clearly, um, we didn't wh- what, say a, what words? One of my friends, whose wife is a um, stay-at-home mom, uh, apparently started NaNoWriMo two years ago, and wrote. 70,000 words for her NaNoWriMo the first time. Yeah, fuck her. Didn't do much with it the second time. And then when I was talking to him, he finishes this story by saying, "Yeah, she uh she she finished her she finished her thing for NaNoWriMo this year." And I'm like, "Finished after 70,000 words?" And he's like, and I was like, "How many words is it?" She's like, he's like, "Oh, it's about 180,000 words." And I'm like, "Oh. Holy shit." Yet. Yeah, it's getting into like George R. I mean, Martin territory. In terms I of thought, I thought mine was going to be long at 120 to 140. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm at 60,000 ish words right now, and I'm a, I'm probably a, a, just past halfway through the book. Yeah, and I'm figuring that it'll probably round out at between four and five hundred pages, which is a th- pretty That's hefty a fatty, novel. But fucking like 180,000 words like i mean you're somewhere between george rr R. martin and like <laughs> ayn rand <Jordan>. like <laughs> now i'm just imagining all three of those I, yeah, in a pile see, and it's terrible it's what happened here around. you guys like because i i keep on telling andy that for some reason she keeps on coming up ayn rand yeah everywhere That's because there's a movie out what? no no it's and not because of the movie it's it, pretty much everything like did today, you know did you know that Whoever is funding the the movie version of Atlas Shrugged um, is a fucker. Has the ability to make the second movie and is going to continue and make the second movie, even though the first one tanked. Like that's objectivism Andy. right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and they they took it out. They took it off the, the, yeah, shelves, they took it off right? the shelves. No, okay. They took it off the shelves because the fucking DVD cover was misprinted. <laughs> a, a story a heart, of self-sacrifice. Heartwarming to- tale of self-sacrifice if, was on the back cover. Like, if what? By self-sacrifice, we mean the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The answer. Yeah. Um, which I think is hilarious. I mean, if I had any interest in, in it at all, I would have gone out and bought one yeah. of the misprinted ones. But. So on the on the drive over here, I was telling Andy this, that she keeps on popping up everywhere. Like a friend had sent me a link to, she's doing Lindy Hop, and it's, this, it's the Shim Sham, right? It's this step that they used to do in the okay. 30s. Yeah, the Shim Sham step. At the top of the recommended YouTube links was Ayn Rand. Uh, what the fuck <laughs> seriously what does shim sham lindy hop dancing have to do with ayn rand but uh, sure enough it was there hmm. so she lindy hop was 40s uh, the 30s 40s yeah. yeah we the living came out in 38 fountainhead came out in 42 and, whatever and world war Two happened that time too 
Anyways. Anyway, anyway, Ayn minor, Rand, minor yes. Details. So I'm writing a lot. I'm hoping to be done. I'm not going to finish the novel with NaNoWriMo. I'm probably, I'm going to try and finish it by the end of the year. Uh, at least the first draft, that is. Um, <laughs> and yeah. So here's my yeah. question. Oh, I know. it's. I, I'm going to have rewrites. There's why, definitely. Why did they pick November? Why November? Because it came out of Seattle and November sucks ass in Seattle. Seattle still has the highest participation rate. Okay, I can understand uh, that. I guess that but kind of I makes mean, sense. right in the middle and of November the is rate. yes is Thanksgiving, yeah, where you're gonna have everybody hopped me. up on tryptophan and then try to write. That that actually kind of blows for me because this week sucks a big fat wad, and it's supposed to be my sprint to the end week. Yeah. And well, you've already technically won, so yes. Meh. Although I guess you started with some words. I started with twenty five thousand words, so oh, okay. I I mine I have. 34,000 right now of NaNoWriMo writing like in the thing. Gotcha. Uh, So I've still got another 16,000 words that I have to finish by the end of the month. You can do it. Um, And the next 10,000 are all work and no blaming Luke adults. (laughs) (laughs) That's how. I mean. Red room. uh (laughs) What did you do for the last 10,000 words? I just wrote fuck over and over (laughs) and over. One of my NaNoWriMo's the last two words were S-C-R-W space F-L-N-D-R-S. <laughs> what? Screw Flanders? Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I was like, all right, I got two words left. This is not a whole sentence. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. That was more or less code for I'm the done. end. Why not screw <laughs> Flanders? Uh, yeah. Oh. Fever dream, right? Yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> You're I'm all s- part of my item world hallucination. <laughs> Wee! Oh. Uh, I'm a broadsword. Oh, I was going to talk about pepper spray. You, you talk about pepper spray in a sec. There's one thing that I want to, the one little slightly mildly depressing thing that I want to bring up and move on fast. Pepper spray, I mean. Uh, no, actually, um, uh, Anne McCaffrey died today. Oh, or yesterday. shit. Today. That is depressing. Today? Was it Seriously? Today? Yeah. Oh. Seriously oh. died Man. this morning, um, which really, really sucks because... I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the Pern books, but me neither. But like the that that Dragon Singer trilogy, man, that had an effect on me back in the day. And she's you know she's a she's a famous enough and and did a lot for Hell yeah. the fantasy genre in, as a whole, and a lot for female characters Hell in yeah. in literature. So it's it's kind of it's kind of sad to hear that she passed away. Yeah, um, for sure. Especially four. She was eighty four years old, oh. and she she was still extremely active with her fans which That's is awesome. really cool she would I'm all- just gonna pour one out for Anne McCaffrey. <laughs> it's on the coaster though you already you already poured one out on this table thank you <laughs> what so, yeah you did yeah no I didn't he doesn't remember you that don't part. remember no, that don't. you don't remember spilling shit all over that side of the table I, I have no recollection of this so <clears throat> um now that the depressing part is gone what were you gonna say about pepper spray <laughs> Right. Um, I just found it deliciously ironic. Uh, the the sort of the juxtaposition, if you will, of the pepper spraying cop meme and the fact that Phoenix Jones, Seattle's own superhero, got arrested for pepper, pepper spraying, spraying people. people. Yeah. Yeah. That's Isn't all. it awesome? Just just moment of irony. <laughs> and done. Hmm. Oh, Phoenix Jones, we will battle soon. My nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Seattle law enforcement. Uh, yeah, that dude in got case fu- of nemesis. <laughs> that dude got fucked out of every job he had. Yeah. Like, he got fucked out of being a crime fighter because now everybody knows who he is. And he got fucked out of, like, working with autistic kids, which apparently he was really good at. Yeah. Like. Come yeah. on, man. 
Fuck the state of Washington. Did they, did they really notice or care? I mean, <laughs> let the guy, sure. he's not pepper spraying it, them. It, yeah, right. I like stacking crates. <laughs> I like stacking crates. How do I get in here? How do I get into prison? I want to live in prison. How do I get Robin in here? Bank, shoot someone, make sure they did. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you can. Uh, I, I'm in here. There's plenty of guys in here like me that are normal for in here for like money laundering and embezzling. That takes too long. That takes too long. I need to get in here right now. Right now. Oh. <laughs> Go to the onion. And look for a video called Autistic Reporter Michael Falk is Enchanted by the Rigid Routine of Prison. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I saw the one about the, the subway uh, death where somebody, somebody had jumped in front of the subway and he was all, he was all yeah, they messed up the train. Yeah, it definitely the train was all nice and he was going along at 65 miles an hour and then the, the train got stopped by the person and it, it was horrible. <laughs> what was the, the ocular the ocular penetration act of 2007 yeah 2006 <laughs> no it was 2007 okay. I, I thought it was 2006 but it turned out to be 2007 yes the uh, the ocular penetration prevention and enforcement act of 2007 is amazing that just makes me think of my preschoolers when they get really upset sometimes because people they are looking at them people? no they don't skull fuck <laughs> people they just get upset that people are looking at them and then they scream don't look at me and then everyone looks at them and it's awkward yeah. less skull fucking now yeah. less less <laughs> Do all the that kids. implies that there's some yeah. you gotta tell the kids to point at them and say shame Shame. Shame. That'd be spectacular. Uh, teaching social skills like yeah. a boss. Speaking of social skills, invincible. <coughs> oh, that too. Mm, that was watery. Let's talk about people punching each other in the face. Ah, so much better. So we read the Invincible Ultimate Collection number one. It is a hardcover trade that encompasses the first twelve issues of the comic book, or the first two softcover trades. Um, it was an what? And, and the one and shot. the one shot. Jesus, you're gonna Christ. say it. Get it right. Uh, it, uh, it was published in 2003 by Image Comics. It was. It's written by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame, and it was penciled uh, off. Uh, the first seven issues were penciled by Corey Walker, and then it was uh, after that was p- penciled by Ryan Otley. Um, it is hands down my favorite superhero comic of all time, uh, without question. Um, and it's 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 awesome. I'm done talking. You guys can talk for the rest of the show. Go, rubber rubber. Um, isn't Bill Crabtree the uh, colorist for Sixth Gun? Yes. Okay. Ah, yes. That makes sense. Wow. He does some good shit. You can you can definitely tell he, his evolution over the course of this comic book too. Yeah. Um, he's not the colorist currently anymore though. He got re- he he's doing some other stuff and and now there's a new guy on Invincible named John Rauch that's uh, that's really really good. Okay. Very different. So, but that's you know that's in like issue the 80s <laughs> in the issues. It's so up to 85 now. It's uh yeah it's up to 80 no 86 now. So tomorrow 86. I think so. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Soon. Um, you guys want to talk about the art first or the story? Let's uh, go. Oh, I'll talk to the art. I'll talk about the art. Yeah. I'll talk about Luke, the art. you don't get to talk about... When you buy a fucking panel of uh-huh. like 
a two-page spread. What is it you're talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. The the pieces of art <laughs> that I'm looking across the table from me, the three-framed yes. pieces. Yes, that is my opinion of Ryan Otley's art, is that I actually spent a uh, considerable amount of money to buy uh, a panel of this comic book. Uh, two-page spread from issue 64. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with Invincible... Um, the the spread of invincible and conquest uh fighting Doing and invincible misfire yeah f- <laughs> invincible punches and destroys his mechanical arm that two page spread is the originals are hanging on my wall not from um, the pencils the inks and uh i did a i got a really nice uh jiclay 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 print jiclay print yes. that's how it's pronounced right jiclay so. print Uh, a really nice jiclay print of the um of the of the colors that ryan otley was very nice enough to send me the digital file so that i could have the print made it was really cool he was actually i contacted him on twitter about this piece of artwork because i was reading the trade and the moment i saw it i was like it was the first time in my life where i've seen a piece of comic art and i was like i have to own this i have to own this um and he was super nice about it because he did not want to sell it Wow. At all, this was his. Uh, this was um, he sells most of his art for anybody that's interested in buying Ryan Otley's art. You can get uh, most of it on uh, splashpageart.com, which also has a whole lot of other artists as well. But uh, I looked on there and it wasn't there. There's a lot of covers and stuff on there, so I, I contacted him on Twitter and then talked to him on email, and he was like. I don't really want to sell this. This is in my personal collection. I'm like, how much do you want for it? And he's he's like, a lot, a lot of money. And I went, can you go a little bit less than a lot of money? And he went, nope, I want a lot of money. And I went, okay, I'll pay you a lot of money. <laughs> like, let me talk to my wife <laughs> five minutes later. <laughs> yep. Have you talked to your wife? No, but yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm getting it. <laughs> no, I talked to her. I actually, it was funny because we were on vacation at the time and I actually told her, I, I I turned to her and I said, "You need to read this right now." And I'm like, and she's she's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because I'm gonna buy I, something from because it." Because I need to talk to you about something, but it's a spoiler, <laughs> so you need to read this right now. And I, I'm like, she's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because there's a piece of artwork that I really really want to buy out of this out of this uh, trade." And she's like, "Oh, okay." So she reads it, and I was she's like, she got about halfway through the trade, and she was like, "Um, I don't." I'm not seeing anything really that that stands out. I'm like, when you see it, you'll know. And she, kid you not, like an hour later, I'm sitting on the bed and I was playing video games, and she goes, "Is this it?" And she just holds it up over her shoulder, and it was this page. And I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes, it is." Um, and and it literally was that. He came back, and we went back and forth about the price. And then I'm like, "Hey, can I uh, can I spend a lot, a lot of money on this piece of artwork?" And she's like. Yeah, go ahead. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, Ollie, um, shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, he was very gracious. He was really awesome about the whole thing. Uh, so I'm, you know, just to throw a shout out to the way he handled like selling me this art and getting it to me, and allow he let me take some time uh, to get the money gathered up. Right. So he didn't like, I told him I wanted it and he's like, yes, I'll hold it for you. And he hold, held it for me for about a month and a half until I could get the, the money for it. And then, uh, it was really cool. So, you know, if Ryan Otley ever listens to this, which I seriously doubt, but if he ever listens to this, thank you very much. I've got an awesome piece of Ryan Otley art on my wall and 
um, you know, I to to toot my own horn just a little bit. You guys see how I, you know, I got it framed and it's all three pieces next to each other and it's really nice. And I I took a picture of it and I put it on Twitter. And Ryan Otley was like, "Wow, thank you." And one of his friends, uh, Derek, 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 damn it, I'm gonna Derek, 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 damn it, Derek, what? Derek, Derek, damn it. It's Derek at Derek Draws on Twitter, but I don't remember his last name for the life of me. Like, uh, you fucker, I wanted that piece. Was no, he actually he actually did s- said something that I thought was really flattering to me, where he retweeted the picture and said, uh, "Art buyers do this." Nice, like. Because it you does know, make a very attractive trip. Yeah. Chick. Unfortunately, Joel's face is ruining my uh, <laughs> my perspective at the moment. <laughs> that um, happens usually. But yeah, I mean, I I it's like I have a lot of respect for the piece of art, and I wanted to treat it correctly. So I'm looking at six chiseled jaws between the three different versions <laughs> with Conquest <laughs> and Invincible, and how and then the, the turkey waddle that is giblets. underneath like Joel's so neck. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, enough yeah. about my art. You're um, Richard, sir. I, I am uh, I'm I'm a huge Ryan Otley fan. Um, that said, going back and reading this first trade, I had I know this sounds terrible. I had completely forgotten that Corey Walker did the first seven issues of the comic book, um, and that it wasn't Otley's art. Well, honestly, I think he did a pretty so, nice lead in. Yeah, I think so, it was a smooth transition, and I think the style only developed in time. I mean. We we spoke about this a little bit earlier, and in the first seven issues, people, especially um, Invincible's mom, but people in general, yeah. facial scars look like they have facial scars, be- just because like there are lines to indicate contours that are not actually there. Yeah, he takes it like yeah, he, he puts some it's too strange clean. lines on there that are I- interesting. It's very. Um, it's a lot more cartoony, and and one of the cartoony bits that he puts in there all the time is the little dots for eyes. You know, when people look surprised or in you know distance shots, which was hilarious. I don't know if it was him or Otley actually when the the one eyed alien is surprised. I just thought that was funny because his one eye yeah. is really tiny. Yeah, um, I I don't mind. Alien. I definitely <laughs> sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I definitely don't mind Cory Walker's art, and I mean, I read this comic. I read the. I started reading this in two or three years ago, maybe longer. Um, it, I started reading it when there were three of the hardcover trades out, so it would have been like two thousand seven ish. And it never really, like, it never phased me because I started with Cory Walker's art, and I look at his art, and I was like, okay, this is invincible, and actually when it changed to Ryan Otley, I very specifically remember thinking, oh, they changed the artist, because eh, you kind of do that with any comic book when you sure. get con- accustomed to the art. Change bad. Um, then over the years, as as I've watched, because if you read through, like like you said, it's on issue like 85 or so. 86 um, You, as you read, you can literally watch Ryan Otley grow as an artist. Which is awesome. Um, I actually really like that. Thing. Yeah. He had not done any... Ryan Otley was, was a... He did webcomic. Um, he had he some had self-published done, thing, too, yeah? Yeah, he had like a self-published thing, and he talked about uh, how he had... He recently, when I was reading his Twitters, Ted was talking Moodleman, about... Ted Noodleman, Bicycle Delivery Boy, his yeah. webcomic. Um, he talked about submitting to Marvel like a billion times and never getting picked up and never getting picked up and never getting picked up. And then he, he finally said, screw it, gave up, did his web comic thing. And that's, that, right. and that's where uh, Robert Kirkman found him. 
and then brought him on after Corey Walker decided that he didn't want to do it anymore. And it's interesting because uh, he recently was talking about he did a, uh, the comic book Haunt, which mm-hmm. is also a Robert Kirkman uh, vehicle, and he was he was uh, he was That's being what he's done. Sorry, <clears throat> what Haunt? Yeah, he did the first five issues of Haunt, um, and then he switched out because he said he said on Twitter that he he liked doing Haunt, but he really wanted to just concentrate on Invincible mm. um, because he that's his, you know, it's his favorite thing. I love the new team for Haunt. I have no idea. It's uh, Dave Laflam okay. and Nathan Fox. Oh, nice. That might actually make it good. I am not a fan of that comic book. I don't care about the comic, but I, I, will, mind. I will read just about anything that Dave Laflam writes. Yeah. I didn't mind. I, I liked Ryan Otley's art, and it was interesting because it was, uh, it was inked in this... Uh, it, for the first few issues anyway, it was actually inked by Todd McFarlane. Hmm. So it was Ryan Otley's art inked by Todd McFarlane. And it's interesting it because like Todd McFarlane's art. <laughs> McFarlane just buries Otley's art under yeah. his inks. And that sucks, um, in my opinion. I, I hate seeing artists do that. Uh, because it, it, like McFarlane did the same thing with Capullo when Capullo started drawing Spawn, right? Like it was no it wasn't Capullo drawing Spawn. It was um, McFarlane foisting off half of his drawing time onto Capullo and making it his art anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Where would that bicep which, go? Minion, fix this for me, <laughs> right? And and I not that I mind McFarlane's art. Like I like his art. His art style's fine, but you, you, he has no respect for the people he inks at all. He has no. He had no respect for Otley's art style, and it didn't look like Ryan Otley's art mixed with McFarlane's art. It looked like fucking McFarlane's art, so, mm. and and I kind of had an issue with that. Um, but the comic book Haunt as a whole was just not a good book. I, it was Spawn all over again, is really what it was. Um, but yeah, but then again, you know, Kirkman Kirkman is real hit and miss. Like Super Dinosaur, Super Dinosaur's <laughs> awful. Um, <laughs> fucking uh, Science Gri- Dog's not good. Grizzly, what is it? Uh, Grizzly, shark, and the sea science bear. Science dog, a yeah. book that actually exists. Yes, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, science dog. They, he did the science dog book. He did. Um, what was the other one? Walking Dead. No, not Walking Dead. No, he did another. Uh, Battle Pope. Which yeah. was Battle Pope is okay. Battle Pope. Battle Pope. Battle Pope okay. is like the middle of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Um, in my opinion, Invincible has been his most consistently good comic book because even up in the 80s where it is now it's still really good um walking dead has you know it dips it has it has slumps slumps and and it's it, you know fear the hunters looking at you <laughs> but but invincible i really enjoy and otley's otley's art is just awesome i i don't you know i'm taking it completely away from from cory walker because I think it's, aside from the weird facial scar aspect, his stuff was totally effective, and I think it led in nicely. I can't remember who's the uh, the artist for Skull Kickers, but uh, yeah, his yeah. his art reminds me a lot of Skull Kickers. Yeah, I can I can see or that. Skull Kickers reminds me a lot of his art. Yeah, um, not Otley, uh, the first guy, the Corey Walker. Corey Walker. Yeah, Walker. I, I think um, 
I think the art is really solid throughout this book. Yeah, absolutely. And it's especially it's especially telling considering the fact that, like I said, you watch Otley grow over time. You look at this as the first trade seven years ago, eight years ago, and you're like, this is really solid art, and it just gets better for the entire run of the comic book. It just gets better and better and better. Um, and... I think that's I think that's awesome because when when I'm reading these first issues and I'm like wow this is really cool artwork I really like this and and you have nowhere to go but up right mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's really cool so I don't know I've rambled on a lot about the artwork Although because I'm okay. a huge Ryan Otley fan so <laughs> so there's one thing that I'd noticed with this and and the one thing that I was really impressed with was the the Guardians of the Galaxy I think that's what they're called Guardians right? of the Globe yeah. Guardians of the Globe okay so when they're introduced you can see you can see he changes up he switches gears for every character so for for the Nightwing or the Batman analog you can see that they're when he's doing the character introductions yeah they're, they're all that's different. because it's, it's different, different one artists shot. yeah it's the different yeah oh this is the one shot yeah that's where the one everybody's shot. everybody's different yeah um, correct oh, so it's Jersey really God, the that. Jersey Gods artist does the uh, the Amazon Woman one Okay. Yeah, yeah, I could tell so, that there were some different stuff. Okay, so that's what I was wondering because, yeah, the the Flash so character is is it says the dark Darkwing sequence is done by Terry Stevens. The Red Rush sequence is Matt Roberts and Tony Moore. Tony that's, Moore. Yeah, that's <laughs> he does. Um, what's he doing right now? He, uh, he did Fear Venom. Age. He he's yeah, doing Venom, Venom. with Remember. Uh, yeah. yeah. War Woman is done by Mark Englert. And, oh, I'm sorry, and Mark. Eric Larson. <laughs> Eric Larson inked that. That makes total sense to me now. Uh, which one? Uh, War Woman? The War Woman one. That Sorry, one. That, that one. That's the Jersey Gods guy. Okay. Yeah, the Jersey Gods and the Inker is Eric. You know who Eric Larson is, right? Savage the creator Dragon. of Savage Dragon. That Savage would Dragon. make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, the Aquarius sequence was Dave Johnson, who did Super Patriot for a long time and has done many other things. Green Ghost uh, and Martian Man was Cliff Rathburn. Um, Cliff <laughs> Rathburn was the original artist on Walking Dead. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, um, okay. So. Otley didn't change gears. He's a hack. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's consistent. There's a difference. He's, yeah. he's consistent. No, he's a hack. He can't change it up. <laughs> I'm done. What? I'm just saying that I thought it was... You understand that Luke dropped significant coinage on, a on, hack. The, on, the, on the three pieces yeah. of art behind you. Ah, wait. I, that was the sharp some, end of the bottle cap yeah, that hit him. For some reason. No, I, I, I honestly thought that it was... And then when it goes to Mr. Immortal, that's Otley. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. It all makes sense now. I mm. thought that it was like, wow, this, the immortal. This looks completely I wonder what his different. superpower is. <laughs> <laughs> I live probably pyrokinesis. I don't um, know. Okay, uh, I no, I I totally I totally like the the artwork. You know, the one thing that is kind of surprising with me is uh, all the their hero uniforms because they're they're really they're not they're not your normal your normal monochromatic mm-hmm. colors that you have like like. The Mister Immortal is is totally different than what you usually see, and there's it's totally it's totally different. That's all I gotta say. I'm used to the iconic characters that you see all the time, and it's usually just a, a bunch of solid colors and whatnot. And they don't really change it up that often. And Unless that's funny because they have the whole Taylor scene where they're talking about what an iconic superhero costume is. No capes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, that was a, a different that, Taylor that was, scene. That was a different Taylor. And it's actually it's always a superhero Taylor. Um, it, as you read this comic and go further into it, they actually make a very big point of that because not monochromatic. Oh yeah, because he changes his costume. Right. They're, they're con- because mm. they're they're actually they actually make several 
minor alterations to the costume. Like if you look in this issue, he has the the weird like knee guard things that stick up off of his costume. Um, Isn't he eventually where, in all blue? Uh, yes, he's in all blue eventually, and that's he's got you know he's got like the eye on the yellow eye on the front of his costume that's built by the cowl. Um, yeah. So does his dad. Yeah, and well, his is an O. What's what's the so, the eye is the center right. of the O. Yes, um, but like. They make little bits and alterations, and then eventually they go, like, there's this really kind of dark period later in the comic book where he goes, he's all blue, and he's, like, all this kind of dark thing. And oh, then, I love that. It's of your Ultimate War, right? Uh, it's before that, actually. It's right before the Viltrumite War. Um, because it, him him coming back from that dark period is what in what okay. pushes him <laughs> to fight the Viltrumites. Um, so... He's going to start talking about tights again. It, it's a really neat, like... It's a, it's really neat that they put that kind of detail into the back. So you know we're talking. Let's finish talking about the art and then go into the writing because we keep fading into the storyline. It's all so good. That's a mark of good art. Yeah. If you can't yeah. talk about it without talking about the storyline, that probably means it's drawn good. Yeah, he's got a good drawer. So yeah. and a good tracer. Okay, well then I guess we're going to talk about the storyline. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about Kirkman's? I enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Uh, I was amused, and yeah. I thought it, it it had a good approach to um, super. I mean, I would put this in the genre of superhero parody, ish. Um, like, parody isn't quite the right word because it's not lighthearted, and it has its whole story. It's got a sense of whimsy of it. Maybe it has a sense it of whimsy. Has, it has, has tons of the sense of humor. And yeah, it's different funny. little moments of it, um, like the the Aquarius guy when everybody else is doing this action <laughs> and thing, he's just and the, the Guardian of the of the globe. He's just like, oh, I'm Aquaman. oh, thank God, something to do. I'm just gonna wake up. I'm a fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, but there's a, there's a whole sense of whimsy to it that I, I really enjoyed because it doesn't doesn't take itself too seriously, and it does give these little characters a chance of like you can see into their real life you know which is funny and that w- that was interesting to me because there is a lot of focus on like seeing mom acting like mom and some of her reactions was Dad's really banging mom again yeah like like that was a fantastic scene i i thought that the amount of realism to a coming of age story was appropriate but it's not at heart a coming of age story which made it really interesting it's hard to kind of like if i think of film genres and try to slap something on here it's hard to define which is fine with me i think that makes it it just has those little details and nuances of everyday life that makes it more real it kind of fleshes out the whole world it makes it seem more realistic as the characters aren't two-dimensional oh yeah hell no yeah that i think that's what made it really enjoyable to me, um, that and all this like silly actual parody stuff. Well, yeah, and the characters themselves aren't two dimensional. Ex- what is your problem? It's the toilet. <laughs> I, thought it was co- I thought it was coming through the mic, and all of a sudden, you know, you're coming back down, and I hear, "What the fuck?" It's your madness. Yeah, I don't know if you guys talked about this while I was upstairs peeing. Thanks for calling it out uh, yeah. for us, Andy. So, um, he but, didn't actually. But I, yeah, I don't. It's interesting because I don't I don't see it as parody as much as I see it as him as Kirkman just kind of um, trying to call out and avoid typical superhero tropes in his in his book. Um, I could see that, like meeting the where, I'm Bruce Batman. Or, yeah, or there's no differentiation between exactly. my persona and me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when he does call out those tropes, he just smashes them. Yeah. Um, I love how the first storyline really has exploding teenagers. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, I know. 
and and that's you kind of know what you're getting at that point, right? Yeah. You're like, uh, this is a cool little superhero. Oh my god, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I I really I really enjoy the way he plays on those tropes and the you know things like I think that's the thing about it. He plays a lot, and that's yeah. a pleasure to read. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being, and and you know, we're going back a long way. I'm sure a lot of people have read this already, but like the the. The thing that caught me the first time I read this was the fucking garbage bag. Like when he <laughs> when he first manifests his powers and he walks out oh, yeah. back of the fast food joint and he goes to toss the garbage bag in the dumpster and it just flies into orbit. Right? And he and, he, and it was that's the part that's the part that I really like about the way he portrays the characters at this part as a at this point in the story because he walks out there, he flings it in the space and it isn't a oh my god, holy shit, I got to do my dip. He goes it's about time, right? You know, it's like, yeah, it's about goddamn time I got powers. Goddamn it! And that's you know? the thing. I feel like that's a totally human reaction. Yeah, yeah. especially and, for someone who knows that it's probably coming. You know, wh- yeah. where the way they talk about his dad. You know, he's like four years old playing with his cars on the carpet, and his dad is like, "You're probably going to get superpowers." And he's, he's like, "Fly!" He's, he's like, like, "A fly!" Girl, cool. <laughs> yeah. I come from a long. Long line of superhuman beings who come to, you know, go over the universe and protect them from, from <laughs> you know, all the evils of the world. Does that mean I'm going to fly soon? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's about what he's processing. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I just... By the way, I've been lying to you your entire life. <laughs> uh, yes. Most of us go through that. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, that, and there, so... You know, you move you move on, and you see the thing that amazed me about this was his ability to to make kind of frankly kind of stupid side characters very feel very human. Oh yeah, and very like um, it 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 makes them believable, and it makes what other what would otherwise be completely absurd. It makes it <laughs> the elephant. Yeah, right. It makes it absurd, but. You just kind of go with it, you know, with like robot. Ro- robot is Robot's like what's is with the robot? Yeah, man. what's with the fucking top knot thing on the back of his head? <laughs> Don't like, question it. <laughs> like I still think he looks just super nefarious all the time. Oh yeah, yeah he I really expect does. him to be evil yeah. all the time. Um, you know, so you you've got like the immortal and and Adam Eve and the rest of the guardians that are all like, you know, they're kind of takeoffs of of the Avengers slash Justice League and the Avenging League we'll call them <laughs> uh, and the Justicers the Justicers <laughs> um, it's like the fucking Revenging and Invader Zim yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they they all work you know, all, yeah. the, all the characters just work, and the the bad guys that they put in here work. The the little that first you know. cyborg that fights them on the college campus is yeah. dead up looks like RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I can see that. You even you even are able to you start. Is one of the reasons why I like this comic book so much and why I've followed it for so long is characters that are one hundred percent absurd, namely Alan the Alien. Yeah, I love Alan the Alien. Everybody loves him, yeah. right? And he's he would be dumb if you put him in any other universe. It's if very you put true. him in Mar, if you put him in Marvel's universe, people would think he was think, the stupidest shit ever. I think if you put him in DC, he would be astoundingly like super popular because of like this is so much better than everything <laughs> we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Batman. seriously. <laughs> this is how 
Hey, we didn't Fucking even know it was possible Aquaman, to write Aquaman, you're out of the Justice League. We've got Alan. He's he's golden. He can work in things outside of the ocean. <laughs> but, um, oh, go talk to fish. Maybe you can cry yourself into Justice League. And, and I do remember thinking the first time I saw Alan, I was like, this is going to be stupid. And then as I read it, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I was really happy that he recurred. Yeah, I was was like, I'm really happy with this character, and I'm really happy with the way they portrayed him. Um, So it's, the writing is, it just, the thing that I like about it is that you start with this first book where it's clearly Kirkman, you know, breaking tropes and making fun of things and playing around and trying to introduce stuff. And then... Shit gets serious. Yeah, it gets it over the course of the comic book later on, which we won't talk about too much because it's outside the realm of this show. Shit gets really serious, and all of these things that he introduces as just jokes become his his canon That's and great. his universe. Where now you you know Alan is a main character, a very main character, mm-hmm. and the immortal is a main character, and he didn't go nowhere. Yeah, and there's. You know the the, the stuff with Adam Eve. Back? Well, good th- lord, he's the he, immortal. He got... Seriously, he's the immortal. You know, Joel. you know, and and I'll tell you, Joel. Yeah, they <laughs> retconned so they hard. retconned his death way better than any Marvel retcon has ever been handled. Know, time time bullet's, bullets pretty cool. What? Time bullet's pretty cool. No, it's but it's so much it's better. Nah. Nightcrawler. Time. <clears throat> Yeah. Nightcrawler's not bad. Well, they didn't really yeah. retcon his death. They just grabbed one from the Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. It was like, he's not coming back. I think this. I really appreciate all the random details in this book. Um, mm. Both look just silly details on a purely silly level, like the fact that the green ghost <laughs> doesn't have any cool ring or shit. He's got to eat some damn unholy, we don't know what it is, but it makes him barf green every time he turns back into yeah. human. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's terrible. It's a chicken uh, patty from or, McDonald's. Or, or, the, <laughs> or, the fact, or the fact that the, the, the buy biplane man I think he's <laughs> yeah. the biplane man yeah it's like you know I have all these carcinogens and he just throws them up into space you know it's like well you know that's, uh, that's how you see st- ya yeah that's how you deal with the problem and then later on in the fucking story like three issues later you see him floating in space yes. when he goes up to meet uh, Alan the <laughs> alien and uh, those kinds of details yeah. are amazing. like 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 way later in the issue when the bag of garbage comes down right <laughs> like he throws the bag of garbage up yep. and then there's the the one page where it comes out of space and then like many issues later there's a, the group of guys standing around the garbage bag talking about where it came from and like <laughs> saying it's like some religious artifact and <laughs> like so for some odd reason that whole uh biplane man thing reminds me of a buddy of mine did a webcomic, just more for his own personal enjoyment than anything else. It was based around the Mega Man universe. Mm. And at one point in the comic, Mega Man runs into uh, Gravity Man again. Okay. And Mega Man's like, I beat you so easy last time. Gravity Man's like, last time was indoors. Mega Man's like, what? (laughs) 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 For the next, like, 12 or 13, like, issues that he did, it was just, like, Mega Man was floating in orbit while other stuff was going on. That's awesome. (laughs) This was like in 2000 or something like that. It was That's brilliant. It's the best thing that he's ever going to write. <laughs> um, give him a chance. I guess I also appreciated the human details. Like, it totally makes sense to me that this shit gets serious later on in, in the series. Um, so, like, the, the mother character in particular, I really yes. appreciated because her, like, he is breaking a superhero trope. 
in the beginning when her reaction is very calm she's used to her husband going off and doing crazy shit and yeah. you know you only see her actually get worried when he's in another dimension as opposed to you know battling a dragon on television um i thought that was very human and very realistic and i love like the random moments like her calling him up and being like i forgot how to what the superhero costume needs oh, in yeah, terms of laundry washing it yeah <laughs> i that those kinds of human moments are really just what make this book, and they and mm. what amazed me over time is how how he's able to maintain them, nice. you know, for a long time. Um, but in this particular book, I think uh, it's it's a combination of two things that I really enjoyed. Um, is that he he not only break he he breaks superhero tropes by taking characters that would be absurd and just being like, okay, this is you know, he's just like. This is just the way it is. You're going to fucking deal with it. Um, two, he puts those human moments in where, you know, characters react like they would react. They, you know, they do things that just make them feel very real. And lastly, he he takes storyline elements and in this weird way, he does, he he turns them on their head by making them true instead of making them red herrings. Right. Namely, and this is a big spoiler for anybody who hasn't read this, so stop listening to this show right now if you haven't heard this. Namely, Omni-Man, you know, he shows up early in the comic book and kills the Guardians of the Globe. And you see him. You see, you know, the, in any other comic book, you have the, this clone. random the stuff comes death. in. Yeah. Random thing comes in and you see it kill. Who and then the last, the last panel is a panel of Omni-Man standing there talking about killing everybody. And in any other comic, it's a clone or it's another dimension or it's somebody faking it. He had or a mustache. You knew he was know, going bad. <laughs> he had a mustache to like, begin with. Yeah, exactly. It's a planet yeah. full of evil Tom Selleck. So, and the, he... He turns that trope on its head by, you know, a few issues later. No, it it actually is Omni-Man. It actually is Invincible's He's dad. He's just a jerk. He's just a murderous fuck. And that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments in comic books ever was the early in the book when they when they show him telling the story of coming to earth from viltrum mm-hmm. and it, they've got the whole big long thing about him joining the military and you know being assigned the planet as a peacekeeper and blah 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 blah, blah and how he meets the wife and then he goes back again later and retells that story after Mark has found out that he's a bad guy and retells the exact same story, but now everything is sinister. Covered right? in blood. Son, Everything's we need to covered talk. in blood. And and then the the fight between the two of them was amazing. And it's like two issues long of just them beating the fucking snot out of each and other. And it's not the them is. beating the snot okay. out of each it's other. Him it's him beating the snot out of om- Mark. It's Omni-Man beating the shit out of Invincible. Yeah. And destroying everything in their path. They yeah. Sorry like about those three deaths. cities. Yeah. Destroying everything in their path. Destroying Mark's entire childhood. Face. Like, and his face. Um, it's not Dragon Ball Z characters punching for five panels. It's, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It moves along. Impact violence. And, and that... That is definitely one of the things that I really liked about the way that took the way the turn that the turn that that took was he's fighting invincible and does not give a shit about the collateral damage and I think that's the point where 
you, you see he's every, truly evil. Yeah, every other comic book, you you know, you always or have this, he? you know. He's, it's a mustache. Look at his mustache. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's not so evil. Tom Maybe he himself. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I just I'm this twelve issue arc to me is the pinnacle of a character introduction. It is probably one of the best superhero. Like, are you talking for Invincible? For Invincible, it takes it takes him in twelve issues from. A stupid kid with no powers to the invincible character that he is to become for the rest of the series in probably one of the most, I don't know, just well-rounded story arcs that I've that I've ever seen a, it handled in a comic See, book. Think about it. He's he's much more complex than Bruce Wayne. It's not I'm sad because my parents died. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm sad because I finally got a lasting and meaningful connection with my father that then turned on its ass. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean they were he's throwing a baseball around the world to each other. I mean right? what father and son relationship did they not have? Mm-hmm. It, it was it was great. Unfortunately, God, that's the one part that hit a plane. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even know. That's nope. the one thing that didn't ring true to me was the, his whole explanation of why he turned evil. You know, because if he was there and he was there to take over the planet, it's he, more that he turned good. He, briefly, yes, he did. He went native. I, I totally yeah, understand that, but why? There, there are a number of things. If I was going to take over and assimilate a planet, why have just one kid? Why? The pets come well, Why not? You can be you anywhere. I mean, funny story. Uh, for the exact reason why what happens in this book, right? You have a, a shitload of them, and then they become uncontrollable, invincible, fucking, you know. Yeah, but there's, but just kind of like Cain and Abel, there, one is going to be on your side, then it's two against one. Or, mm. or they're going to team one. up against you. Well, then then you can send your whole planet against them. But, I, I but don't. See, the thing is, is that if you're going to take it over, <laughs> then, or if you want, want your kid to grow up and understand this, wouldn't you tell him right off the bat instead of having him grow up in this other society? He can't. He could have sent, sent No, because the moment, the, moment that he's, the moment he says something to that kid when he's not old enough to actually keep it to himself is the moment he goes to his mom and says something. Send him back to his home planet. You know, <laughs> Give him some homeschooling. Yeah. Mom, dad's a villain. Yeah. yeah. God, I can't well, remember I mean, how many times I growing up. <laughs> you, could ex- you could explain <laughs> that too. It's like, hey, well, I'm from we'll another planet. I'm going to send no. him back so he knows Good. his culture. And, there, uh, that's, that's, and that's the one thing that everything was kind of slammed to a halt because it was this big long explanation that I don't think was necessary. I, I mean I true I I enjoyed the fact that it turned everything on its head yeah. where this entire story that before was this nice, you know, rose colored uh grim story, fairy tale, and then they have you Red? Don't do that to me, okay? No, just, I'm Disneyfied. Just, just Stop it. Stop reference it. Disney, not the Grimms. But it's still a grim fairy tale. It's maybe not so grim. You should read them. I, I, he really and, should. Okay. In a barrel I, I with spikes on the inside thrown there's, in the river. There's a, there's a lot of... Red hot iron shoes. She gets her feet and it feels like she's walking on glass for the rest of her life. Okay. Is this Cinderella? <laughs> That's no. actually not in Grimm's, but... Uh, That's a little mermaid. Okay. Yeah. That's not a Grimm? I thought that was a Grimm. No, that's Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, it's Hans Christian Andersen. Equally depressing. You're right, equally depressing. All the Northern Europeans are fucked up. Inchworm. Inchworm. Sorry. Anyways, um, yeah, I rose-colored glasses here. So, 
I'm now thinking of the Hans Under Christian the Sea Janigen. parody with Homer. No. <laughs> and he's eating everything Danny, as he's singing. Danny Kay? Anybody? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Continue with I only watch Next Any- Generation. <clears throat> That's all the, all the television I watched as a child. That and Nova. I will table you... St- yeah. Anyways, so th- and that's the one thing I don't even know what tabling means. Luke, do you know what tabling means? No. What the fuck did you just say? Okay, <laughs> just talk about. I will invincible. nonify your verb. Yeah. In, in <laughs> just talk about invincible. God. Damn it, guys. <laughs> when somebody's trying to talk, right? You table a proposition. Okay. There you your go. words are make sense. No, and I hate you. Anyways, so it it was it was all this stuff that's that turned sinister, but it was so, what it is? was so I long. I have completely lost what so the fuck long. you're talking about. His explanation to long? his son. Yes, you're right. Me. Your fucking Join path the dark to side. this has been very long. Join the dark side. <laughs> okay. Luke, you just talked 45 minutes about how much you love the <laughs> yes, book. Yes, okay? you're absolutely just right. Just give me five minutes. I'm just saying, join the dark side. And I... It, it was just too long. It lost the whimsy that I, the stuff that I enjoyed before that, all the fun little jokes and stuff. Now I understand it was trying to be serious, but it just went like dead serious. I right think that the was bat. the point. I, I really think that was the point where it was supposed to turn the story. It was like, it was like whimsy and jokes, and oh, this little kid is his has got his powers and it's cool and he can run around the I, universe and do whatever. And no, your world is fucked. Exactly. Superman. It would have been great Dick. if Mark would have been like, Dad, have you seen Adam Eve? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Fuck is you. That if Your planet has mustaches on everyone, including thinks, the women. <laughs> okay, so if he's he's such an elitist, right, why would he leave his kid in this? Why would he have them grow up with all this dross? That actually comes up later. It does come up yes, later. Yes, it definitely comes up in the storyline later That's in good. the comic books. It is not, it is not something that is left unexplained. I don't want to... Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. I don't okay. want to go too deep into the future storyline, but I will say that there is very little that happens in this initial volume that doesn't come back around at some point, well, including um, the trash bag. <laughs> I was a little weirded out by the fact that they started off that fight with um, Omni Man being very much like like wanting to take Invincible into the fold and you know join the dark side, Luke. Or you know whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but grow by a mustache. The, uh, grow a mustache. Dad, I don't want to. Well, shouldn't you have a mustache by thirteen? Kill people. Um, uh, come on, this this kid doesn't have a mustache. Is is he more taken after more of his mom than than his dad? Point well, he's being. got human DNA. Okay, so if they do explain it later on, kudos to Kirkman because that's pretty awesome that he explained. Because those are some of the holes. Those are some of the holes to it. <laughs> I don't understand. But but the thing is is like one of the problems was the whole Alley Alien right that's his name right Alan Alan okay <clears throat> oh Al I was like well then how is this guy supposed to be testing them and his father should have known that he was going to be tested and it comes back and he did explain that it's like well for the same reason I thought this was Urath it's you know they mm-hmm. just told me hey this planet's kind of off limits you went into the bad part of town and you fraternize it with the with the bad guys, but you know he had to come back and apologize, which I, I thought okay, that's pretty cool. So he is tying up those loose ends. Yeah, he he does a really good job of that. And you looked like you I had a really second, wanted to say. Something. I had totally had a second half to the point. I started out talking about how he's trying to bring his son into the fold in the beginning of the conversation, but by uh-huh. the end of the conversation, he's like, "Well, fuck you! I can have more different offspring. I don't need your stinking uh-huh. DNA," um, which was a little weird. But the fact. I, I feel comforted by knowing that that will come around again. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing. Like, there are... 
it's one of the things that I've enjoyed about this book over the years of reading it is the fact that um, rarely does a plot line get opened up that doesn't get sewn shut at some point. Okay. Um, or at least tied back into the main storyline. So um, I, I think that's something... This to me, and the, one of the reasons why I like the writing so much is because I'm, I'm honestly, I honestly believe that this is the book that Kirkman has been, has been his primary focus over the years of his writing comic books. It's not Walking Dead. Um, it's, Walking Dead is the money. This is the labor of love. Exactly. Nice. Um, Walking Dead. What scares me is the fact that Walking Dead, being the money and getting the TV show, might draw his attention away from this. And nah. you know, if it's the labor of love, uh, but, it won't. Uh, but this book is, is, in my opinion, his kind of like magnum opus, right? It's like the thing that he does best. And all of those things that seem weird at the start, which, in my opinion, like I, I differ from you on that, on the whole thing, the way that that, um, uh, his, his evil version of his story turns mm-hmm. out, because of the fact that I think that was necessary it was in the length of it was necessary yeah. because of the sheer magnitude of what was being uh, communicated there. Right mm. in the book, you've spent eight issues with Omni man being the protector of the planet and the greatest superhero that has ever lived. Yeah. And you, you think when you see him kill the guardians of the globe, you think it's a fake. You really just you want it to be a fake you really think it's going to be it's going to get turned on its head somewhere maybe it's just because we we keep reading alternate superhero stuff and i'm not trained in the ways of the traditional stuff but i totally believe that that was really him in the first go i was like oh hell yeah i definitely bastard. i definitely didn't um i i thought that it was a possibility i think it's because the other superhero books i read are like runaways and right powers see and yeah. i and i definitely yeah. we, we sort of like yeah okay so here's some you know superhero books that are uh not like the normal ones and that's really all the superhero books you've that's read that's really all the superhero <laughs> books i've read yeah. like i read some ultimate various marvel which, titles that's which all. is a point i want to make okay so if the father's plan was to bring him into the fold the entire time why why didn't he set the, sow the seeds? Why didn't he doctrinate? Because him? it's not it because you find out later that it wasn't really his plan the whole time. It was a clone. Okay. Only if, no, it was no, it was, <laughs> it was just a time a, bullet. It was it was he, having a kid was an accident. It wasn't supposed to he didn't he didn't he didn't have Mark because he he planned on having Mark. Mm. He kind of thought up the idea of drawing him into the fold later because he had him mm. but that wasn't that wasn't the master plan right okay. um and it as after he had the kid he was like well i guess here my ways of dealing with this are once he manifests his powers i'll tell him what's going on and he'll either join me or i'll kill him yeah well and, and i think that's the that's, but that's the power of 16, the end of their 17, argument 18 years later he kind of got attached to the kid. Right. Oh, okay. And that's the point where you, that's that's the whole point of this storyline is when you see him after the fight and he's virtually killed Mark mm. and then realizes what he's done. Yeah. And this is the only other fight. person who can really connect with him on yeah. this planet. Yeah. And he's so going to kill him. I, it's just my idea. Is, so as right? kind of a thought experiment. Okay. I'm I'm a Nazi. I'm I'm raising a kid in the United States or whatever and 
I'm, we're going to conquer the United States. Do I wait until the kid has grown to 18 and then say, hey, I hate the Jews. Let's go kill Jews with me. You know, no, that's, no that's you're talking the, about the Westboro Baptist Church and they don't okay, wait until the that's not that's not going to happen. You're going to have a nice little Nazi youth camp where you drill them and indoctrinate them until when they grow up and grow into their powers, they're going to go out and take over the planet. But this you're also more of a you're Nazi also... that married the nice Jewish girl. Right. See Kyle over there? But that's oh, the thing. That's, the th- yeah. that's where I think your comparison breaks down is that <laughs> so this is all. not someone who knocked up some chick with the express purpose of waiting 18 years for the kid to grow up and become just like him. It was he took on a wife to be more human mm. and then fell in love with her yeah. and then had a kid with her and became attached to the kid and was presented, it was, was shoved into a situation where he had no choice but to reveal himself to Mark. Yeah. It wasn't like he revealed himself at the moment he wanted to and was able to carry out any sort of plan. Yeah. It was yeah. Mark found out and confronted him and he was like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? And he'd already gone past the point of no return. Right. Yeah. So then why try to kill the Guardians of the Globe and then say, hey, let's you know, be bad together? Uh, why? You, he just could have said, hey, I'm supposed to be evil. There's a whole bunch of my buddies. They're going to be coming later to take over this planet. I kind of fell in love with you, kid. I'm not going to kill you. You know, let's join up and fight these bad because guys. he didn't realize it. And he didn't he, re- like he he. You know, if you watch that fight, and he is trying to kill his son, and then before he delivers the killing blow, he realizes, oh my god, I can't do this. That's why when he's flying off in the last panel, yeah. he's crying. I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly. So isn't it a little unrealistic that he's just going to all eventually say, hey, I'm going to kill everybody on this planet? You know, every all these friends that you've had. He sort um, of awkwardly brings it up in this very realistic fatherly way a couple of times. He's like, uh, we should talk. It, it, and it here's just here's like it wasn't point. thought out. Well, but th- that's the thing. That's the the point that they kind of bring up in this storyline is that the. 18 years of Mark's life is kind of a speck in Omni-Man's life, yeah. right? It is very much a, you know, he's already 700 years old or something like that in here. It's like a thousand, yeah. thousand years old. Yeah. Um, so it is something he didn't really think through because he didn't think he had to, you know? It was yeah. just a whatever, blah. Hey, Joel. And, so let's say you've got, uh, you're going on a trip in a year. Mm. Okay. And what does five minutes today mean in comparison to that trip? Like you're taking a year. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to bring up that, that that's true, but in those five minutes, I didn't buy a house and get a family and all this kind but of. But you stuff. might have well, done something else. Yeah, but it, nothing nothing in those five minutes is going to have ramifications on stuff months. What if now. you hit somebody with your car? No, no, no. hold on the just a second. Is the last thing. All, all of mind. this aside, there's 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 one point that I kind of want to bring up that uh, because I think it's important. The reason why he doesn't do stuff the way that you think he should react is because he's not you. And I'm not I'm not I'm not what? saying that in a derisive way, but he does not. Th- that's he's the not way human. this character thinks. Yeah. And we can sit here all damn day and say. Oh well, why didn't he do it this way, or why didn't he, you know, handle it better, or handle it more? Well, because he's flawed, yeah. and he did shit the wrong way, and then 
realized it at the wrong moment. I guess the question you know? is, He's is it believable within the story? Superman. Personally, which, I think it is. Which but... I believe it is. And that's, that's yeah. to me, to me, I think it's, it's definitely believable. It's definitely not the optimal way to handle the situation, but it's definitely something that I thought was, was it, it adds depth to the character. And I, and I know that this is not a, an excuse for what happens in this volume, but this stuff does come, come back around later. Mm. And it's, it's, I'm not sure that that is, I'm, I'm fairly certain that when Kirkman was writing this 12 issue arc, he was not thinking about some of the shit that, eventually comes back around He's, that a lot of that stuff was like oh i've got to wrap this up so he wraps it up later yeah. but you never know structure is i i feel uh, like structure is incredibly important in comics absolutely. almost as important yeah. as in film yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he i had hate plan. conquest's face i'm just looking at that art again why it is this, kind of covered in blood and well the, yeah that is that particular spot is, no there's just something that reminds me bloody like walrus. A, a walrus yeah a yeah. walrus I think they actually make that comment in the comic book. I, I want to say I, I need to go read it again, but I think they actually make comment. He definitely like yeah. But you know, I was able to wade through all that. That that was my own sticking, my only sticking point with this, and my own sticking point. With that this that has more plot relevance than my nitpick. So well done. And then and then after, <laughs> and then after that, it just it goes back to oh okay, and then now we're back to whimsy, and it. And all this kind of, and it definitely thing. flits. It definitely flits back and forth between whimsy and ultra serious, and yeah. whimsy and serious and whimsy. Exactly. Yeah. So where where something like like super whimsy. dinosaur is going to be all whimsy garbage. But it's not meant for you. It's for kids. Is it? Oh yeah. It's What's called super dinosaur. Yeah. His other book is sea bear and grizzly shark. Super not for kids. Super Dinosaur not is Super Dinosaur is definitely a kids book. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's no, it dinosaurs. is. It is a self-proclaimed all ages title. Okay, um, it, it doesn't succeed very well at okay. it, but it, that's what it's supposed to so, be. So uh, I, I want to draw some comparisons between this and Gladstone's School for World Conquerors. Okay, which is near identical as far as like the idea behind it, except it's the opposite side of the coin. You've got you know this school for kids who are super villains. And, you know, the kids are growing up, and they're like, oh, we're going to be super villains. It's going to be fucking amazing. We're going to murder superheroes. It's going to be great. We're going to watch this shit on TV. Look, my dad's fight. Oh, my dad lost again. And you find out over the course of the first arc that the supervillains lost. And their, their parents just <laughs> haven't told them. There's a truce between the superheroes and the supervillains, and they do it all for ratings and whatnot. Oh, nice. But there's a, a core group of supervillains who <laughs> refuse to accept the treaty. I, I, I just bought that, you dick. You just ruined it for me. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's coming over Thwipster. Hell, I'd read it based on the spoils. Oh, fuck. But I'm so sorry, Joel. Yeah. Oh. We yeah. had this talk like yeah, verbal, was last week. Verbal is Kaiser. Yeah, Welcome okay. to the uh, Trade Secrets Podcast. Welcome to the After the Trade Secrets Podcast. <laughs> the trade. Yes, there are no more secrets. Trade of the Fact Podcast. Kind of okay. The Trade of the, the Fact in the Deck Podcast. Hit the hit Deck the, Trade. Uh, they the tra- hit the After the Trade Facts. <laughs> after hitting <laughs> hit the, the Secrets Podcast. Do you like Deck fuck you. you? No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one thing I got to say is I love all the little comic book in uh, that was like really Easter fun. eggs. Yeah. In, in stories in this. So so I guess I listened to an interview recently of, with Robert Kirkman. Okay. And so he he had started out, he was in middle school with Tony Moore. 
So they were in the same class together and they started out their own little comic book, which isn't going anywhere. But the comic, the guy who got him into comic books was um, the writer for Savage Dragon. Eric Larson. Eric Larson. Eric Larson. Okay. So it, it's kind of funny after listening to that interview and seeing Savage Dragon in here a few times. I mean, it, it is sort of the same universe. Yeah, yeah, it, it is the same universe. I I just I like it's the fact d- There's that a distinct is. point where uh, the Invincible universe breaks off from the rest of the Image universe. It's like, you got, you're fucking it up too much. You're just going to have to go in your own little play yard over here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and there's also when... when uh, Oh God! The main character, well, Invincible. When Invincible, when he meets his fi- his fi- his favorite comic book artist and talks to him, is like, "How do you crank out this stuff so quickly?" And he's like, "Well, I just I just reuse panels." That you know? that made me laugh out loud in public. And there's six there's six panels uh, that he just reused. He's like, "Really? Yeah, yeah." And later on, you see this in other places too, where he just reuses panels, and it's one of those like things you that you see the establishing shot of the Pentagon over and over. Oh, wait a minute, that's no, that's later, but you'll see, We've you'll seen see it, it where we'll see it yeah, again. the establishing shot of the Pentagon yeah. that shows up. At, it's almost like those, like the the transition scenes in in sitcoms right yeah. where you see like in in full house they'd always show the house and have that do 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 and it would move you know go into uncle jesse fuck something up again <laughs> yeah. but it's one of those things for to in quarter in order to create a comic book you have to do that kind of stuff you, know? you, you can't take your time to draw the pentagon over and over and over exactly right. exactly like in anime where you have just one face and then the mouth is just moving back and forth it's one Get of these so- things yeah and i if this whole sarcastic thing doesn't work out we should read it it's just not taking its stuff too itself too seriously and it's stuff too anyways yeah Yeah. i mean i will mention my tiny teeny nitpick which is monster girl why did she turn into a male monster you miss are full of shit nope you're it's make, not, yeah, it's you, it's a monster. It's a male monster. It's a monster. Why did she why switch did, why, why is it a male monster? That's all I want to know. Well, well, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm asking you. Why is it a male monster? Why is question. it a male monster? Because it looks male. What, it's a monster. What what def- what defining male? Because bits does unlike it have? birds, we are female unless designated otherwise genetically. So, so then it's a female. It is a bird. Can you tell? No, it would have it would have boobs. You, I, no, you said you, you said the female unless genetically different. Right, and because it does not have female characteristics, it means it's it genetically different. Wait a, wait a minute, there are plenty of there are plenty of animals on this planet where you could not tell the difference between a female and a male. If However, I show you two humanoid s- monsters are not one of them. If I show you two, <laughs> yeah, because you know all of the humanoid monsters on this planet do look female. <laughs> no, humanoid monsters have, have sex characteristics. I will show you. Ask the She-Hulk. I'll sh- I will show you Loch Ness and Miss Loch Ness, and you tell me which one's which. Mm. We'll find it. We'll n- fucking. We'll find the Miss Yeti. Clearly, See, uh, Miss Loch Ness doesn't have pecs. Miss Yeti, you might be able to tell. All it's you have to do furry. is hold a, col- a coach bag in front of him and see which eyes dilate. There you go. <laughs> No, Point, now, game, and match, Joel Simon. So Now I gotta say, with Monster Girl... But the think about me and Microtron. <laughs> well, we can't differentiate well. which one to use male and which one to use female. But We're monsters! Woo! <laughs> now, I, now I do have to say that right, the Kimo monster... Kid, put your cap back on. 
the monster girl monster is green and scaly, so up. he is kind of a, a a reptile, which means he's not mammalian. Yeah, but there's a have... female reptile character. What? Sigh. Oh, he's a male. Well, not King in Lizard? chibi version. You can't tell. <laughs> King, obviously. King. That is that that is a female. Ma'am, Somewhere there's a lizard. Okay, what is the what is the gender of that robot? You have some robots don't issues. wear pants. <laughs> Surprise! It's a cyborg. <laughs> anyway, my point is that was a silly nitpick. In general, I was a big fan of all of the, like, this. What the hell is this character's name? I don't know, but it looked like halfway between Abe Sapien and Rorschach, and it made me really happy. Who is that? That's yeah, an actual image like, character. It's a parrot. Oh, really? Or then that's an actual like image character. Demon. Yeah, I, I, detective guy. With, it was more alliterative than that. Okay, wait. The giant chicken monster with tentacles. That's an octopus. It's got a beak. Octopuses have beaks. What gender so is it? It doesn't have a gender. It's got a little turkey waddle thing. <laughs> I'm just saying Monster Girl's nipples are pointless, and that fills me with feminist rage. <laughs> and Okay, raise your hands if you care about this. No it's one? It's completely no pointless, one. but no, okay. I ooh, wanted ooh. to bring it up. I just found it. Damien Darkblood. There you go. Yeah. There, and biplane. <laughs> biplane. That guy's awesome. All right. Buy, borrow, or burn. Buy. Buy unless you're cheap or you don't like superhero comics. Burn. Ah! <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Total buy. I I could you're buy so many. Over. Yeah. I, I'm going to buy the Ultimate Editions. I've... They're, I've they're read pretty. through I have read through this ultimate collection up through volume six. Volume seven comes out in March, by the way. Wait, uh Omnibus, is that the big one? The really big the thick big thick, okay, the twenty four issue collection. There okay, there's there are four different levels of trade. There's the soft cover trades, which are six issues each. Right. There's the ultimate collections, which are twelve issue hardcovers. Right. There are the library editions, which are the slip-covered 24-issue oversized editions. And then there's the Omnibus, which is a 72-issue giant fucking... Yeah, 74-issue giant uh, softcover. So, which exists for both... So, just so everyone knows, both Walking Dead and Invincible come in the exact same formats... Uh, so you can get Walking Dead in these same formats as well. Do you know where the Adam even Rexplode miniseries is collected? Uh, I don't think it is yet, but I think it's going to show up in uh, Ultimate Collection 7. Because, like, for instance, with the library editions, it's weird, because the first one has issues 1 through 24, 1 half, 0, and parts of 25. Interesting. I don't know. Hmm. And then the second library edition has 25 to 52, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, they're uh, they're available everywhere because this is one of it. this is this and Walking Dead are image Image Comics's two best selling books ever. Yeah, Chew. Uh, no, these outsell Chew by a lot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you can pretty much find them anywhere, especially the Ultimate Collections. the The Library Editions are much more available than like the Walking Dead versions are. They uh, did reprint. Walking yeah, Dead they did number one. So, and the omnibus is out. If if you're, I don't like the I don't like omnibus editions of things in general um, because they're just a bitch to read. Is right? that the when, huge? Yeah, when you've got a, like a four and a half inch spine on the thing, it's really hard to read. I personally think the ultimate collections are the best way to get this because 
they've they're really nice paper the colors are nice and glossy they're they're the right size you know there's not too much there i would tend to agree as a cheapskate honestly yeah. i looked at both options i was like i'm probably gonna want to read this i'll probably get hooked enough to buy it but i'm gonna spend money on the hardcovers yeah get, get the hardcovers because i've noticed that i i'm i like to think that i take really good care of my stuff but just with trade paperbacks of collections the spines always have problems with the glue especially yep. if they're thick like that and then he lends them to me <laughs> what a terrible idea that is <laughs> it is so it's a solid buy four four person buy on that one i think we have definitely mm. swung first no, I, we all wanted to. Well, no, I think there are things that were before the buy, borrow, burn thing that we would all agree to buy. Yeah, like Chew, I Sixth think, was gun. a pretty solid. Sixth, Sixth Gun, gun was definitely. Sure. So, so yeah, everybody go out and buy it. It's spectacular. Do it. I'd say it's iconic in the alternate take on superhero universe genre. But wouldn't we have already spoiled everything good about the book? No, it's still pretty, and you should look at it. And also tell me what the hell good you point. think about monster good gender. Point. So it's fantastic, <laughs> evil Tom Selleck, love it. Yeah, right. Planet full of evil Tom Selleck. How can you say no? So there's not a hell of a lot of uh, news in the comic industry. It's just one of those things. I mean, there's there's lots of things that normal comic book news sites will report on because they're the only things going on, but there's nothing that interests most of us, right? I mean, is there anything... So one thing I did see is the... the well, everybody knows about... Um, Miller, Frank Miller, and his and little his rant. Occupy rant. In his yeah. little rant. No. Okay, so Frank Miller had a rant against. I ignore all, everything he does. All what are, what are all they? The occupied they're, Wall Street. They're all they're all thieves and rapists. Uh, thieves oh. and rapists, yeah. and they're Islamists. And Ilamicists? they all Islamists. Islamists. Yeah. Islamists. Okay, yes. you Islamists. said Islamists. I Ilama. was thinking they're Illamas will take over this country. Yes. Illegitimate llamas. Illamas. Yes, exactly. And one of the things is they also play Lords of Warcraft. Go back <laughs> to your basement and play Lords of Warcraft. God damn kids so, Lords um, of Warcraft. Get up. So I need to buy more hats. I think it was Comic Vine that said, it was like, hey guys, you should have seen this coming because everything uh, that duh. Frank Miller Holy everything terror. that Frank Miller has written before that was all about the one percent. And there's even one great scene where where Batman in year one goes up to this rich party and it's like, Hey guys, do you realize this is a war? This this is for the taking, but you know what? I'm not after you. Enjoy your meal. Yeah, yeah, and oh, there's God. like it's all the rich people. So he's defending the rich, which makes sense because he's a billionaire is himself. The rich? Yes, he Bruce is. Wayne and Tony Stark together, they are the one percent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, seriously, and it all makes sense. And so he was all ranting about iPods and and iPhones and and the hippies long before Damn, hippies Holy Terror and all your that. iPods. Yeah, yeah. and get it's off my like, lawn. well, that's very telling. So now I can't look at Tony Stark in the same light. Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne. Are two completely different characters. Yeah. Right. But now here's the thing is when I guess the story behind Tony Stark is is when Stan Lee created Iron Man, he wanted somebody that was totally hated by all the hippies that bought comic books. He wanted to buy a, he wanted to make not buy, he wanted to make a, a corporate champion. You know, officer. Yes. Yes. That would take over, you know, that was a drinker and a womanizer and just Danny Rand came into existence. 
flaunted all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why anybody was is ever surprised when Frank Miller rants. That's like being surprised when Alan Moore says something strange. You know, it just... Oh my God, <laughs> I finished Neonomicon. Yeah? You finished it? It's terrible. It's yeah. so bad. You, you know, can't? it's funny because I walked into I walked into Comics Dungeon oh, and it was on their recommended rack. Like, Please buy it. Do you own it? I have the first three of the four issues. I I couldn't oh, they, bring, they I couldn't have the bring trade myself on to, their. Yeah, uh, I was at Barnes Noble. I saw yeah. the trade. I'm like, I got to see how this ends because maybe it. You know, there's a point where it's like maybe there's something that's redeeming about. No, no, no <laughs> fucking trash. Interesting. Hmm. So yeah, not a lot of comic news other than Frank Miller's rant, which isn't really news. It's like that's some, old. He is an old fart that spouted off about fucking people. Eh, who cares? He probably you know, I've probably said shit like that. I mean, I, f- I believe you said that pepper spray would actually do a good job of cleaning out your nasal cavities. Yes. Mm. Yeah. God, it would. That's the favorite. That's my favorite. Um, casually spraying, spraying pepper spray meme is the one is like, don't mind me. Just watering the hippies. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, let's well, just, let's, let's just end this. Thing. Let's wrap this up, please. Um, Check out our other two podcasts on geekerific.com. You can check out the After the Fact podcast, which, what? Or Fuck You, No Fuck You. <laughs> yeah. Or our favorite episodes of Fuck You, No Fuck You. Uh, we recorded an episode last night that is going to be kind of super long. Like super long. But uh, they'll, they'll be posted at the same time, actually. So if you're listening to this, that episode of After the Fact is available, and you can go check it out. We are approaching episode 50 of After the Fact. We've been two doing years. this show for two years. Um, it is our classic video gaming podcast. It's myself and Andy and Dwayne St. Arnold and uh, Matthew Coyne. Occasionally, at some point, Micatron will probably rejoin us, Ann's boyfriend, uh, <laughs> but that's up to him. Uh, Patrick at some point will also rejoin us, uh, but we're approaching episode 50. It'll be awesome. Listen to it. We've also got hit the deck or as I like to call it, the Dwayne and James racial <laughs> sensitivity hour. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Dwayne St. Arnold is the primary host alongside uh, Kellen Abel, Clara Lavreniuk, Joseph Bono and James Dykes. It is a card gaming podcast based around trading card games and deck building games. And why are you laughing at me? Air quotes around card gaming. <laughs> yes, they, they talk about a lot of stuff and occasionally they'll fling some card gaming in there. Um, but it's it's also a really entertaining show. So go check it out. You can find all of our shows on iTunes. So spend some time listening. Go to iTunes, rate us, review us. Ratings really help us get more stuff on iTunes, so please take a minute to, to plunk a rating in there or give us a review. You can find all three shows on Zoom now, so you can go to social.zoom.net and you can write a review of all of our shows. You can find us at uh, www.geekerific.com. You can download the individual episodes there. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash afterthefactpodcast. We are on Twitter at afterthefactpod. I am on Twitter at Geeky Leet, Joel is at Superfly, Anne is at Anne Bean Tweets, uh, Andy is at Mathtastrophe. And so, you couldn't spell like, well, Anne's you could, but like Joel's in mine, there's no way that you'd not even, gonna even try. guess. No, I'm not even going to try. Like if someone's like, oh, Superfly, that's an easy one to spell. Mathtastrophe, well, I can probably parse that one. No. 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 Superfly so, is not phonetic. It's su- Superfly, uh, when you look it up, go ahead and you know just look for Joel Simon, because he'll show up on the on Twitter. <laughs> So, I'm not that popular. 
if you want to be a part of any of our shows, especially the Trade Secrets podcast, which you're listening to right now, you can email questions, comments, uh, rants, raves, anything you want to tradesecrets at geekerific.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, any of those portals to get us questions or things that we want to use on the show. We will read damn near anything on the show, so if you want to be a part of the show, let us know. Speaking about what we're going to read, what are we going to read next week? Uh, In theory. In theory. In theory. Magical Internet will send me uh, the stupidly hard to get first uh, trade of Ozama Tezuka's Adolf. In theory, I will not only read it, but pass it along to y'all. So, we're going to try and do Adolf. 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 If we can't We'll call an audible just like we did with this episode. I'm sure we mentioned Adolf in the last episode and we, we you know flipped it over to Invincible because it's really fucking hard to get a hold of. Turns out it's not only out of print, but the, the like for some reason like the first and third ones are ridiculously hard to yeah. get a hold of. So uh, we're going to try and do Adolf, and if not, then who knows what will end up. If I can't get a hold of it in time, I will probably just switch over to some other, either Tezuka book, or we could read the first trade of Akira. How about one that's not out of print? Akira's not out of print. Buddha's not out of print. I'm just making a comment about your current choice. (laughs) Hey! Adolf will be in there somewhere. That's what that's what we're trying to come out, come come out with. Uh, I can understand wanting to read books that people have access to. Yeah. So for the next episode of Trade Sequence, we will be reading <laughs> Trade Sequence. <laughs> for the next episode of Trade Sequence, we will be reading some comic book. Depamation. That is got pixels in it. It'll be cool. So uh, join us in two weeks for episode twenty. Episode 20 Ooh. of Trade Secrets. Yeah, this was episode 19. So oh, I think I did I say 18? No, I said no, you, 19. You said 19. On the first okay. take, you uh, said 18. But we weren't recording. On the, on the second so. take, you said 18. No, wait, 19. On the third take, you said 19, but you weren't recording. No, on, on th- I said no, not episode 19 of After the Fact is what I said on that. So, yeah. Uh, We're join back us. in 2010. Uh, this has been episode 19. We're moving to episode 20. I'm Luke. Thank you, Joel. I'm going to get some soup. Thank you, Ann. You are welcome. Thank you, Andy. I'm a grizzled old prospector. And we're out.